0: You know, they always say like, well, when one door closes, another will open or whatever. But I've never had it happen to me within like a 48-hour time period.
1: If you're looking to leave the 9 to 5 and elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the 9 to 5 grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Amanda Ziba on the show. She is an authorpreneur, basically all things writing. She finds ways to make money with it, but she has an incredible story where we talk about how she left the nine to five and almost went back but fortunately she is still chasing her passion today let's jump into this one you're going to want to hear it what's up everybody welcome to the hustle of the day podcast my name is trent super excited to have amanda ziba on the show today amanda why don't you jump in tell my audience a little bit about yourself
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, My name is Amanda Ziba, and I consider myself an authorpreneur. Uh, Before I wrote books and helped other people do the same, I was a middle school English and reading teacher for 12 years. Uh, I am a mom and wife and live in Wisconsin.
1: Very cool. And I love how you describe yourself. And I want you to dig into that term a little bit more, the authorpreneur. What does that mean to you? And where did you come up with that?
0: Absolutely. So um, all of the books that I've written are self-published, which means not only am I in control of the entire writing and publishing process, I'm also in charge of marketing and selling those books. And oftentimes that task is larger and harder than writing the books themselves. Um, and I think that it's something that all authors do, even traditional published authors these days are, you know, relied upon to do some of their own marketing. Um, but really when you a self published author, it lies solely on you, and so it feels like I have two different roles I am a writer, but I also need to be a businesswoman to sell those things that I write. And so, author didn't really, I feel like, cover all the bases of the things that I do in my day to day life, and so I kind of combined author with entrepreneur, small business owner. And came up with authorpreneur. I'm probably not the first one to ever do that. I think, you know, several other people do it, but it feels so fitting to me. So that's that's how I introduced myself.
1: Yeah, very cool. And I I love that uh, you know, how you came up with that and you know, the story behind it. And I do think that's true that there is so much that you have to do to self publish a book. A lot of people think, Oh, it's well, it's easy to publish a book on Amazon nowadays. And in a way, it is, but do you want to sell it? <laughs> yeah, right? You've got to, you've got to be able to have that other side of the aspect, the business side of things as well. Um, so I, I want to ask you, there are some kind of tried and true tactics, but at the same time, what are some of the main ways that you go about promoting and selling your new book?
0: Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm really good in person. If I can meet you at a conference or a school visit or um, at a community center, uh, you know, anytime I get to interact with people face to face, I can convince them that I am a credible, worthwhile source of their income, you know, and money to to buy a book from me. I find it much harder to connect on the internet. So, um, you know, there's lots and lots of people out there. How do you get people to pay attention to you? I think that's every business owner's, you know, struggle. Um, So I do my best to put myself where my readers are. Um, And mostly that's in-person events. Now this year has made that really tricky uh, with all the COVID stuff. Um, So I try to do things online that present as much of myself and my personality as I can, um, whether that's through Facebook Lives or YouTube videos. Um, One of my books launched during COVID and it was it launched in April. And so I wasn't like I didn't have a COVID strategy. Another I had another book launched in November. And so I had a COVID strategy for that. But my April one, I had no idea. Like I had planned to be at all of these different places. um, And that book uh, revolves around a wedding. And so uh I did a Facebook live and pulled out my wedding dress. Like it had been, you know, 12 years since I wore it. It didn't zip up all the way, but nobody saw the back so that was fine. Um and my hope was that at least if people saw me sitting in my wedding dress as they were scrolling, you know, through Facebook they would at least stop and look. So um yeah, it's putting as much of yourself out there as you feel comfortable doing. You know, not everybody it feels good about that. Um, it's not something I really have a problem with. So I hope that helps.
1: <laughs> yeah, that honestly, if I saw, if I was scrolling through Facebook and saw somebody on a video doing a Facebook live in a wedding dress, <laughs> I might stop and figure out what's going on. So that honestly was a great tactic. And, um, you know, I, I, I understand not having that strategy for that April book and, you know, changing that up for November. And hopefully you get back to the point where those in-person events uh, can help you shine again here soon. But uh, a great medium also is something like this. You're doing a podcast right now. And for those that are watching on the YouTube channel, you know, you're getting to see your personality as well. And for those listening on audio, I encourage you to go over to the YouTube channel so you can get to know Amanda a little bit better. But um, you do so much writing. There's so much that you're doing. You're writing guides, lesson plans, workshops courses, books? I mean, what, first of all, what drew you to writing and how do you prioritize what you're writing at that point in time?
0: Yeah, I always loved being a reader. Um, and I felt like reading was always there for me no matter what. Um, it's how I learned a lot about uh relationships. I feel like I was kind of an awkward kid, like a late bloomer. And so I also didn't really like to ask a lot of questions. And so I learned a lot of things through reading. Um, and it was a really great escape for me. Um, not that I had anything awful to escape, but I just I really enjoyed it. And so I wanted to be able to do that for other people. So I always tell people that my books are feel good fiction. Like if you need an escape, like especially during COVID, but anytime, if you just need to get away from life for a little bit, I'm gonna offer you a feel good story that's gonna take you away and let you just kind of relax a little bit. Um, and so I feel like because people offered me that gift and um, I also really enjoy writing, it was it was a good fit. Um, the balance part is tricky. So when you're doing all of these things, um, the way that I manage it is that whatever has the next deadline, that's what gets worked on next. So if I have class tomorrow, uh, the lesson plans are going to come before writing a novel. Um, or if I, like I release a first chapter Friday video, uh, every Friday on YouTube, I read the first chapter of a middle grade book, um, Right now, teachers are so overworked and there's so many new teachers in the field because people are retiring or leaving education and they don't know what books are out there. They're teaching the books that their teachers taught them, which maybe their teachers taught them. And as you can see, there there are a lot of amazing books out there. And so um, I put one out every Friday to hopefully encourage them to use something current and relevant. Um, But if it's Thursday and that video's not done like that moves to the top of the list. So. Uh, writer by nature. I I work by deadlines. Um, I also, in the book world, work in a cycle. So you write a book, you publish a book, and you promote a book. And each of those things take a certain amount of time. So I can write um, a 50,000-word book, which is, you know, the average size of a, it's it's about like a shorter novel, um, in about five to six months. It will take me about six weeks to publish that. As far as uh, copy editor, uh, cover design, uploading onto KDP, all of those steps takes about six weeks. And then like you promote it for the rest of your life. Um, But it just depends. Like, so I I don't do hardly any writing in the publishing and promoting phase just because all my time is used in those two phases. Um, What I have the hardest time is where I'm at right now. And that is getting back to the writing. Like once I publish and once I promote, then I have a really hard time getting back into that writing, which is so silly because as soon as I do it, I'm like, oh yes, this is why I do this. I love this part. This part is the funnest part, but it's just the getting started that that always seems to take me way longer than it should.
1: Yeah. That's funny how some of those things happen. So like uh, I I can relate in that the podcast interviews, sometimes I'm very introverted by nature. And so it's like, I, I don't really want to do this. And not, not specific to you, because, you know, we've talked before, and we had a great rapport and whatnot. But then as soon as I get talking, it's like, oh, yes. I love this. This is fulfilling. I love I love talking and connecting with other individuals. And one reason that I really wanted to talk to you is you had a really interesting story about leaving the nine to five and then almost going back. Can you tell me about that story?
0: Yeah, so uh, when I, uh, I've, oh, I've had this dream for a long time to be a full-time writer. And uh, when my kids were little, we had two teacher income, which is not that big, um, and two kids in daycare. And the reality of leaving a full-time job just wasn't there. And so I told myself when my kids were really little, um, when both my kids go to kindergarten and we do not have to spend a mortgage payment on <laughs> daycare, right? when we can when we have that huge obscene amount of money that is not going to daycare, there will be more room in our family budget, and I can make this I can make this work. Um, I'm willing to sacrifice some other things so that I can do this. Um so there was that idea. Uh then there was uh it all kind of lined up. I was in a new teaching position at a new school and it was a horrible fit for me. It was a toxic work environment for me. I just really was miserable there. Um and then the third piece that that worked out really well is that um I was offered a part-time teaching job at a college and also a contracted position as like a writing content editor um for a cultural connectivity company in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And so I was able to cobble together enough of like freelance work where I knew that I was still gonna get paid something um, and I didn't have to rely on a full-time teaching job. The other the other really great piece is that when you quit as a teacher, um, you quit in June, but you get paid June, July, and August. So you essentially have three months to figure it out before you really need to make any money. Um, I also, for the 18 months prior to quitting, put 20% of anything I made in my writing world into an envelope. Like I legitimately had a like white envelope that said GoPro on it in the safe in our basement and 20% of everything just went in there. So between the three months of teaching salary and the money that I had in there, I essentially had like a six month safety net so if I couldn't figure it out, I didn't have to negatively impact my family finances, which was always like my goal. Like I knew that I wanted to do this, but I didn't want to do it at the expense of my family's you know, well-being. Um, so I did. I did all those things and it was going really well. And I was getting speaking engagements and school visits and I was totally making it work. Um, but then COVID hit. And I think that there's this myth out there that if you publish a book, it will be your income. It will be your retirement. It'll like be the thing that like makes you all the money. But the reality in the book world is that nobody really makes a lot of money (laughs) in the book world. Uh, the, The publishers make some, the authors make some, the bookstores make some, but like very few except for your household names probably are striking it rich. So when COVID hit, all of the things that I did that really made me money, like school visits and speaking on panels at conferences and uh, teaching at writing camps and running in-person workshops, like all of these things just disappeared. And, you know, at the time we're like, oh, you know, six weeks, two months, whatever. Like none of us knew that it was going to be a full year, like maybe even more. Um, and so that was, that was really scary. Um and so when a full-time position opened up at my college that I teach at, I was like, hmm, full-time income, like, you know, uh, benefits, retirement, 401k, like all of those things that I was willing to sacrifice before for my dream um, were starting to look really appealing. And um, because I wasn't making it, you know, with the way that I used to, I, I, I was going to kind of put things on hold and go back. And so um, I actually applied and I interviewed and, you know, I really like thought it was a sure, sure bet thing. Like I'd gotten so much great feedback from my dean and the people um, and then I I didn't get it and I was pretty shocked. Um, I mean, you don't want to be arrogant or whatever, but I thought, you know, I thought I was in. Um. And then two days later, I booked the biggest project management project I've ever had uh, that put me back on solid ground again. So I didn't have to come up with a plan B. Um, And, you know, they always say like, well, when one door closes, another will open or whatever. But I've never had it happen to me within like a 48-hour time period. Um, And so I just feel like all the other times that I that I really worked hard and like it just didn't pan out or like all the other times I did everything I was supposed to and just didn't quite make it like this was the time it came back to me. So um, long story, (laughs) but that's, that's my full-time quit, maybe full-time that's the, that's the, that's the story. (laughs)
1: Very cool. And you're not looking back, right? You're not applying for any other jobs right now. <laughs>
0: nope. Nope. In fact, um, the person I'm working with on the book management project sent me two more of his buddies who might want to uh, work with me. And the problem that I have potentially is like, how am I going to get all the work done? And am I going to have to tell somebody no? Um, so that's, that's exciting. That's a great place to, to be in.
1: Yeah, that's a good problem to have for sure. How do you structure all this writing in with everything you're doing? Like, for example, you know, we've got a hard deadline to end this podcast because you have to go pick up kids and and that's just part of life. And I understand that uh, being the father of three young kids myself, but how is it that you structure writing not only by the deadline side of things, but um, with everything else that you're doing?
0: I'm pretty critical with my time. Um, I don't watch TV in the evenings. I'll sit with my computer. So when my kids go to bed, you know, from eight to 10, I'm usually working on something. Um, I usually have it be like something mindless, like creating social media posts on Canva um, or editing a video, something that doesn't take like massive amounts of energy, But where other people are, you know, watching Netflix or playing video games or something like I'm I don't do any of that. And it's not a problem when other people do that. I just choose not to. I choose to use my time for this. Um, I lately have been getting up early, which I hate. I live my best life on like eight to 10 hours of sleep. But um, sometimes you got to sacrifice that way. Um, I think the other really big reason I'm able to make this work is my husband also has a passion project. He coaches college baseball. He works a nine to five, he teaches middle school health. Uh, God love him. Um, he comes home with the best questions, by the way, like the kids, the stories. It's just incredible. Um, but he so he'll work 40 hours a week, like right now it's baseball season. So he works 40 hours a week at the middle school and then he'll go work another 25 to 30 hours at baseball. Um, and this helps me for two reasons. One, if he's at baseball practice at night and the kids are in bed, there's nothing else, you know, for me to do. Like I can, I can work without that guilt that I'm leaving somebody out or not paying attention to someone. And the other thing is that he's always supportive of me and my work because he has something too. And when he says, I'm going to be gone this weekend for baseball, I say, see you later, have fun, good luck. And then if I say, hey, I need to go in the basement and work on this for like four hours today on a Saturday, he says, go ahead, good luck, have fun, we'll see you at lunch. Um, and we do not give each other grief about that time away. And like, when I used to go to writing conferences or to Michigan for a week to work at our young writers camp, it's always good luck, have fun, I hope it goes well. Um, and I think that if I d- wasn't married to someone who also had a thing that they loved that sometimes took them away from the family, I don't think this would work. Um, because the the guilt or the pressure or the whatever would just feel gross and it would take away from the joy of the creation and the joy of the thing that we're doing. Um, so I think we work as a really great team and attribute like a lot of what we're able to do to that mentality. Like we're the ultimate tag teamers.
1: (laughs) That is awesome that you have that support system built in and somebody who's willing to, uh, not only support your dream, but, you know, help push you towards that dream and say, yeah, go, go for it, go do it. That's, (laughs) that's awesome. That makes a huge difference for sure, in your ability to accomplish those dreams, but in your own happiness and, you know, in your own ability to create these things that you see the long-term vision. You mentioned saving up, you know, you had your, you had your uh, little nest egg that you set aside, but we all get these kind of unexpected things that have happened when we do finally pull the parachute and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm quitting the nine to five. What were some of those unexpected things that you didn't expect to have happen?
0: Yeah, um, I think um, a month into my journey as a entrepreneur, my computer crashed, and it was like not even a year old, so it was unexpected. It was just like a, and it was actually it was just a little over a year old, so the warranty was was no go. Uh, And so a big chunk of that GoPro envelope went to pay for a new computer, which as a writer, you can't live without. Um, And a, you know, a Chauncey little Chromebook isn't going to do, you got to have, you know, the Microsoft word office and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was a huge bummer. Um, But because I had that GoPro envelope, I was able to pay for it with cash. I didn't have to put it on a credit card. I didn't have to take it out of my family budget. Um, and I was so grateful for all those times I shoved, you know, 75 bucks or 100 bucks into that envelope because it saved me.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, so you've, you've talked about a little bit about how this isn't, you know, a big money making project. um, you know, writing books in general, but you are obviously passionate about it. What are, uh, you kind of touched on doing some of these management projects. What are some of the ways an author can support their income while pursuing this passion?
0: Absolutely. There are a lot of ways. Um, so I, in addition to writing my own books, I help other people write their books. And so if you are writing a book about a niche topic where you have a level of expertise on something, you can also create courses or coach people through that process, whether it's nutrition or gardening or quilting or hunting, like whatever it is, you have enough knowledge to write a book about it. So you have enough knowledge to coach other people through it. And that's becoming a really big industry these days is, is teaching other people what you know. Um, So I do coach people on how to write a novel, how um, to self publish their novel. Um, I have digital downloads and courses on my website for that. Um, I also in my teacher line of of the world, um, there's a website called Teachers Pay Teachers. And basically, it's like a big online rummage sale of lesson plans, quizzes, bulletin boards, PowerPoints. Um, Teachers are busy people, and they don't have a lot of money. And so for them to be able to go to this website and buy a poetry PowerPoint or a set of quizzes for the novel A Wrinkle in Time um, for $4 uh, and have it like that, that is much more accessible for them than going to Scholastic or Houghton Mifflin and paying $79.99 for a curriculum um, where they only really want just this little piece of it. Um, So I sell my, my uh, former middle school lesson plans and things on that site. Uh, I'm also building up my YouTube channel. That's like a 2021 goal that I have is to get monetized there. Um, And that's just, you know, sharing your knowledge in bite-sized pieces Uh, And lots of bite-sized pieces will eventually add up to some revenue there. So um, it's good to have multiple places where it all comes from. I know that people say like all the time in the entrepreneur world, like, what if Facebook went away? Or what if Instagram went away? What if one like wheel of your business vehicle fell off? And like, everyone always says it, but I don't really think they think it's going to happen. Um, but like I'm living proof that it did happen. Like the biggest, like the engine of my vehicle (laughs) was speaking and that completely got taken away. So I had to rely on, you know, the other things. So I would say that if you want to make a living at being an entrepreneur, you need to have multiple streams of income. And the other thing is that if they're little, like I probably make I've just increased a little bit, but I, I make about two hundred dollars a month on Teachers Pay Teachers, which isn't huge, right? But that that pays for some gas and groceries. That you know that coupled along with the book management, coupled along with some download sales, coupled with potential YouTube, like it all adds up. And so I guess I wouldn't be I wouldn't shy away from something because it doesn't have a big price tag on it. Because if you do enough things that have small to medium price tags on it, it adds up. And you never know like how they're going to grow, right? So it's my goal to get up to $500 on Teachers Pay Teachers every month. Um, I know people who make thousands of dollars every month on that platform. Um, so don't be afraid to start small uh, if it doesn't have that big income right away because it can grow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It certainly can. And it's kind of the compound effect too of, you know, you, you keep putting those things out there. It won't grow, it won't grow, it won't grow. And then all of a sudden, it feels like it's an overnight success. But people don't realize there's 12 years of hard work behind that for you to become an overnight success. So you got to keep consistently putting out that content consistently putting out those books and those lesson plans and all those things that you're doing before you may get recognized by, you know, one person who recommends it to a company and so on and so forth. It's it's one of those things where you've got to put in the consistent long-term effort to really make that difference. And I know you're putting in that effort now and it's exciting to see uh, like checking out your website, seeing all the things that you're offering out there is really awesome because I think uh, people don't realize how valuable a resource it can be to have people like you within their network of, Hey, I, I need a lesson plan on this. Well, Amanda's got one and you know, it's just one of those things that you need to just keep putting it out there and get on podcasts like you're doing now. And you never know when the right, right person, it just might click with them.
0: Yeah, two thoughts. You got like my dad always just says, like throw enough spaghetti at the wall, like something's gonna stick. Like you gotta be willing to try things. Um, because if you only just stick with, you know, what you know in a narrow frame, um, it might just be right outside, you know, the the next noodle is gonna be the one that that hit. Uh
1: you consider yourself the word nerd. Um <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, what is since it is the hustle of the day podcast, what is your personal definition of the word hustle?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I feel like hustle is a couple different parts. I feel like it's it's like energy and effort, but I also feel like it's energy and effort to something that you are passionate about. Like we know a lot of people in our lives who work very, very hard at what they do, but they do it because they have to or because their boss asks them. Um, I feel like hustle is like when you are a hundred percent committed to the results and to the desired destination. And when you apply all the resources within your grasp to that direction, uh, that to me, that to me is hustle.
1: I love it. I I completely agree that, you know, it's gotta be something that you're passionate about or otherwise that, that true hustle really isn't there. Uh, it's more of just doing work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you got to like, just really got to own it and live it. Like you can see from like word nerd is, is not like a fake thing for me. Like if I'm going to see if you can see, I have on my, you see in gold glitter letters on my wall, it says word nerd. Like I, and I told you this when we were talking before too, but, um, so my, my name is Amanda Ziba, A to Z. Like I didn't pick my husband for his last name, but it really worked out like in my favor and benefit. So, um, yeah, word nerd. That's, Oh, that's, that's totally who I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're living it. That's, that's great. Um, uh, so I, I didn't realize you did had the gold letters up there, so <laughs> that's great. Thank you for showing me that, but <laughs> you are definitely, uh, the word nerd. Like you said, you know, I want to be cognizant of your time. Like, like we mentioned, um, you know, you have a, uh, have time commitments that you need to get to. So I want to ask you one final question, Uh, But before I get to that final question, I want to give you a chance to plug where people can best find more information about you.
0: Absolutely. Um, My website is my name, amandaziba.com, and I have lots of great information for you there. Um, I blog every week, mostly about writing and teaching and reading. Um, I also, on my website, have a course called the Take Action Author Plan. So if you've been thinking about self publishing, uh, but you just don't know enough about it, or you're not sure of the steps or how much it's going to cost, it's a great program um when i was first starting i wanted so badly like i was willing to put in the work right i was willing to hustle and and put in my time and energy but i had no idea what I needed to do. At the time I lived in a tiny town of 8,000 people. The most friendly place for me to write was the bowling alley. Uh, We didn't have a bookstore in town. Um, Like I knew no one, but I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know what this was. Um, So this course is my attempt to be the person I wish I would have found that walks me through the steps, tells me what I need to do, tells me how much it's gonna cost. Um, just because I really, really would have like died to find that person. So that's my attempt is taking my, my teaching skills and my knowledge of self-publishing and laying it all out there for you. Um, if you want a, a little bit of a sample of what that course looks like, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, just search my name, Amanda Ziva, and I have all sorts of videos up there for you about uh, the cost of self-publishing, you know, tricky vocabulary words in the writing world defined. find. Um, I just put a new video up today called Six Rookie Writing Mistakes to Quit Making that call you out as an amateur. Um, so yeah, and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram too, just my name, Amanda Ziva, and I would love to connect with you there.
1: Perfect. Yeah. I'll make sure to include links in the show description uh, so people can just click those and find you a little bit easier. But the final question I want to ask you, personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future?
0: Yeah, I am really excited uh, for quarantining and COVID to be over. And I know that that's very cliche, but here's why. Um, Last year when everything went on a pause, um, and and the biggest source of my income evaporated. I had to figure out what am I going to do. And one of the things I've done in the last nine months is I've created a lot of content. I've created that course. I've created videos, and it's really forced me to uh, clarify that content and like make it purposeful and focused rather than just kind of you know willy nilly all over the place. Um, and so I'm really excited for things to be starting up again, conferences to be starting up again, because I have so much great stuff to share with people. I'm so excited to let them know about this. Um, And I said earlier on, like, I really do shine in person. And so I just can't wait for the opportunity to do that again and to get, like, all this good information into people's hands.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, definitely a lot to be excited about in that Um, But I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day, Amanda, for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And you've provided a tremendous amount of value. I know I've gotten value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.